If you're hosting events or considering introducing events for the first time as part of your marketing plan, I would actually suggest that you start with a virtual or a digital event. And the reason there was a couple fold. One, the tracking is a lot more visible. Two, it's a lot more affordable to facilitate. And then another part of it is that you start to build some credibility in the audience. You use it as a mechanism to bring in those attendees, to bring in the sponsors, to build relationships with speakers. And then when you're ready to go and host your first in-person event, you've already got this group, this plethora of people that are ready to come and participate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Market Mentors podcast. I'm Matt Dodgson, co-founder of Market Recruitment, and we connect B2B tech and SaaS businesses with marketers to help them grow. This week, we're joined by John Kazarian. John is the founder and CEO of Excel Events, a leading virtual and hybrid event management platform, recently recognized by Inc. 5000 as a top 200 fastest growing private company in America. So doing what he does, he's someone who knows about putting on a successful B2B event and how to tackle the trickier aspect of event attribution. We dig into it all. I hope you enjoy. So welcome to the Market Mentors podcast, John. Thanks for having me on. Absolute pleasure. So before we get stuck into this one, I'd love to know what your relationship is with B2B events. Yeah, so we are a platform that helps organizations of any size to host and facilitate events, be it in-person, hybrid, or virtual. You are the guru. That we are. (laughs) Good stuff. So, I mean, we're getting back to events happening, but why do you think events is still a great play for B2B companies looking to grow and kind of win more business? You know, I want to say events were still happening, but now they're coming back to in-person. When it comes to events, they actually make up 25% of B2B marketing budget. So it's a huge segment. But one of the challenges of this segment is that basically since the introduction of it, it's been really hard to understand the impact that events have made because the attribution is just so tricky. We've come to know this world of digital marketing where attribution becomes a lot easier. And in the world of events, that's just often not the case. That said, there are some ways to make that a little bit more accessible. And we can certainly chat about that. But in terms of the opportunity here, I think it's actually become a lot more prevalent over the past couple of years. And a big part of that is the way that digital marketing has gotten flipped on its head. We've seen what Apple and now Google and some of the other major tech platforms are doing with the reduction in third-party cookie tracking. And that's just making the digital marketing mechanisms that we've historically known, frankly, less functional. It's driving up cost of customer acquisition, driving down ROI. And it's also driving an increased focus on first-party data. And events are one of the best mechanisms for capturing first-party data. So what do you think has been the problem with sort of attribution in the past? And if we're looking back to events and how they were run previously, what's been the problem with it? Well, in the in-person world, really the only data point that you would historically have captured is the person who registered. Mm. Then when they checked in, but you're not really getting much more information around what sessions did they participate in? Who did they engage with? Certainly like lead capture functionality, mobile apps were starting to come to the scene over the past decade, but most events weren't really taking advantage of that. So that's only part of the equation. The other part is how does that funnel into the rest of your marketing tech stack? And one of the concepts that you see in attribution models is this idea of sampling. So you know that you're not going to be able to measure 100% of everything, right? But you can extrapolate out based on a sample. So if you can figure out a percentage and tie out attribution for a certain subset of your audience, you then can extrapolate that to see where else did those people progress in your funnel. Now, obviously, there's some assumptions that you need to make there, but it does give you something to build off of instead of flying completely blind. 
Good stuff. And if you're sort of giving advice to people running an event today, then what sort of data should they be thinking about collecting in the first place? Then, If you're hosting events or considering introducing events for the first time as part of your marketing plan, I would actually suggest that you start with a virtual or a digital event. And the reason there was a couple fold. One, the tracking is a lot more visible. Two, it's a lot more affordable to facilitate. And then another part of it is that you start to build some credibility in the audience. You use it as a mechanism to bring in those attendees, to bring in the sponsors, to build relationships with speakers. And then when you're ready to go and host your first in-person event, you've already got this group, this plethora of people that are ready to come and participate. And there's actually a lot of data out there that speaks to how successful that motion can be. But thinking about the data you should be looking to capture, the obvious items are related to the registration information, right? And as you think about capturing that, you want to be segmenting it as well. Now, that's obviously specific to your business, your industry. But beyond that, what is the other information throughout that event experience that we're able to capture? And the first more obvious one is session registration information. Which different sessions are people attending? How engaged were they throughout those sessions? Looking at things like how long did they stick around for? Did they participate in polling, Q&A, chat? And then correlating that back to, okay, what do those sessions mean for my organization? So let's just say that you're hosting a product launch event. And let's say you're a company like HubSpot, where you have different product lines. Maybe you've got customers who are already using your marketing cloud product, but those customers, they seem to be checking a lot of your CRM functionality. You want to dig through that data and really understand that because that's an opportunity for your account managers to reach out to those folks. I mean, it's a very clear signal that they may be considering switching CRMs. So using information like that to really fire up the conversation and understand your audience can go a long way. Yeah, and I'm thinking about that. I mean, that sounds amazing if you can be collecting that sort of data because it is just so powerful. It's not just a basic registration. You're actually tracking engagement, which is superb. I don't know if I'm like a lot of people, but the amount of webinars that I tend to sign up for and don't attend is probably higher than the ones that I actually attend. And it's surprising just how often companies don't even send you a recording of the webinar you were supposed to attend. But if you can get that detailed in terms of engagement, I think that's super powerful for a lot of marketeers out there. And for the larger organizations, as you start to host more and more events, and events being everything from a single session webinar through a multi-day virtual or in-person experience, you start to build a profile on Mm. And you start to understand what is it that I can send to re-engage that person who registered but didn't show up. Or even that person who did show up, maybe virtually, and they attended the morning keynote, but they dropped off. What is it that they showed interest in? Which sessions did they bookmark that I can create email campaigns about to get them to log back in later in the day? Because the reality is people aren't going to be able to sit around and watch your virtual event all day. They have meetings, they have other things that pop up. But really understanding your audience and knowing how to re-engage them and bring them back into the fold, back into your event, your sessions, that's how you can really develop that audience. Yeah, it's just really good personalization, isn't it? So it sounds top-notch. And that goes back to the first-party data conversation. It does indeed. It does indeed. And we can sort of lead on to that now, I guess. If you're talking to marketeers right now, a huge part of our audience are going to be marketeers who do lots of different things and events is part of that, as well as the event specialist. But how would you recommend those marketers sort of focus on attributing leads and revenue to events then? Yeah. So there's a couple of different attribution models you can use. I mean, there's first touch, there's first lead, last touch. So that's going to depend on the attribution model that you're already working within the parameters of. But what I would suggest is the way you think about this is not just the attribution side, but also as a mechanism for capturing leads, capturing information on folks. 
the different things that you may do, maybe it's on LinkedIn lead capture campaign where people are just filling out their email information within LinkedIn in order to download an ebook, or maybe that lives on your website. But the only thing that you find out about that person is that they put their information in and they downloaded something. You don't even know if they opened it. In the world of events, you're finding out their information, obviously, but then all of this other information about them that they're inherently sharing with you, all in exchange for access to your community and your content. And as you think about being able to attribute that, it gives you a better picture or a better map of what that person cares about. And it does require some manual work, frankly, to understand, okay, this person attended this session on this new feature we just launched. We can attribute that sale of this new product, this new feature we launched to this person attending that session. So it's not necessarily always the most quantitative process, but you have to have basically a scoring system in place to implement this. Yeah. And there is the debate in the B2B community these days about lead generation versus demand generation. And is it possible to truly attribute? And should we be just so focused on it so much that we lose the picture of let's just do really good marketing that creates the demand in the first place? But I think it's a balance of both, isn't it? It certainly is. You know, it's certainly our belief that you're not going to be able to attribute everything, nor should you attempt to, because then you're just completely focused on operations and not differentiation and marketing. But to the extent that that attribution and that measurement and that tracking helps you to create a more personalized experience, then it's making you a better marketer. It's helping you to tell your story, your company's story, your brand story, your product story. And events are just this incredible way to bring people into that fold where not only are you telling that story and directing that message, but so are your customers. Mm. So if you can bring your customers into part of that experience and let them tell the story on your behalf, let them lead a workshop, let them lead a session, let them tell others about how they're using your product in a way that you never thought made sense, but it makes so much sense to that customer. If they can help tell that story for you, that's just an incredible mechanism for marketing. Oh, indeed, indeed. And when you talk about sort of people signing up to events, then I mean, would you sort of advocate for a freeform field about where they've heard of these sort of events? Or would you tend to give people the sort of usual five sort of options to select and they'll probably select the top one because it's the quickest to do? I feel like we're having a Chris Walker conversation right now. <laughs> I'm honestly not Chris Walker in disguise. We certainly have seen folks doing that and have had quite a bit of success with that from an attribution model perspective. Even just from a registration perspective, if you're running ad sets, be it on Facebook or LinkedIn to drive people mm. to register for your event, you should be pixeling the page and using a platform that actually tracks not only did this person visit the page, but did they actually complete registration so that you're not rerunning ad sets at people who have already registered and wasting your budget. One other thing that I would highly encourage people to do is using a chatbot on the registration page. Okay. Because attending an event, and less so in the virtual world, but 100% in the in-person world, is a huge decision. And you and I were just talking about this, but like the cost of travel today is ridiculous. Hmm. So people are going to have questions. They want to know that this is going to be a worthwhile experience for them. Be present. Make them feel heard and that you care and that that community is starting early and that you're there for them. You care about creating that experience. And all that takes is putting that chatbot on the widget and actually being present for folks. And it's not reinventing the wheel. Take the same one that you're already using that's on your website. Just drop it onto those landing pages. Yeah, surprising how often it's not done. But let's flip things. I mean, obviously, we talked a bit about how you should do things. But what are some of the sort of big mistakes that you see then when people are trying to attribute revenue to events then? Some of the big mistakes when people are trying to attribute leads to events, well, leads, I would say, are fairly straightforward, right? If somebody registers and that's their first point of engagement and that's the first time that that contact information is entering your CRM, that's pretty cut and dry. Where I think it becomes a lot more complicated is when you start to look at sort of a last click model. Yep. 
And usually that actually comes down to more of a technical implementation issue. Because a lot of times, if they have not properly introduced their attribution technology and be it whatever software they're using for attribution modeling into their event platform, then they're missing that attribution step. And whenever that person attends the event and then goes back to the website to request more information, they're only capturing that last action that took place. And yes, you can look at some time correlation and see, okay, well, we had a spike in requests right after this event or during this event. But it's just such a simple problem to fix, which is introduce the tracking right into your event platform. Yeah, that makes sense. So we touched on it earlier. You know, it's all good and well sort of talking about attribution itself and leads and revenue and all those kind of things. But you've obviously got to make a good event in the first place. So from what you're seeing there, what kind of events are sort of having the most success right now? Then, I mean, there's two things that are obvious right now. There's massive competition in almost every industry out there. And there's massive competition for an individual's attention, be it social media platforms, television, Netflix, whatever else, and marketing and advertising. The way to really run a successful event is to put together great content with great production value. You need to be able to keep people's attention. You need to be polished. You need to be prepared. You need to do speaker prep beforehand. Make sure that your speakers are running you through their agenda. You know what they're going to be talking about. There's Q&A opportunities set up. You're properly promoting the speakers, helping them to promote the fact that they're going to be participating in those events and ensure that the polish of that experience is going to be worthwhile. That's on the, on the content side of things. Hmm. When you're talking about more of a trade show world, this is something that we see as an issue both in person and virtually. People will buy a spot at an event. Could be a 10 by 10 booth in person. It could be a digital placement. And that's it. They'll load some content there. They'll put some flyers, eight and a half by 11s on the table and they'll walk away. Hmm. If you're going to make that investment, you need to be there. It's about making that human connection, being able to answer those questions real time, being able to just speak with people and learn from them. And that's one of the biggest failures we see companies that are sponsoring or exhibiting at events just failing to do. Hmm. And I think B2B companies can learn a lot from B2C companies. You know, I remember an event I went to a couple of years ago, which was Drift's Hypergrowth event in London. And it wasn't a B2B event because that used to be just a few speakers almost giving a lecture. This was interactive. You had graffiti artists, musicians. You know, we had celebrities, sports stars, as well as people talking about marketing. You know, I think B2B companies can learn a lot from consumer companies about how to put on a great event like you were suggesting. Yeah, it's funny that you bring up Drift. I know them well. You know, I'm from Boston. Dave Cancel and Elias are incredible marketers. Yeah. And actually, they just hosted a hypergrowth event here in Miami about a month ago. They do an incredible job of both bringing in great speakers, great content, but also creating that consumer-like experience that makes people want to be there and to talk about those events on social media, yeah. talk about the next time they're going to be there. The other thing they do a great job of that a lot of event organizers fail to do is immediately after your event, you should be getting people to register for your next one. Do it when the hype is there and real. Yeah. And then those people are going to become your advocates to get even more people to attend that event and give them a discount for signing up early. Yeah. It's like running a festival or a music gig, isn't it, really? Yeah. And that's another example of where there's a consumer-driven event experience that does a better job than B2B events do. Yeah, yeah. B2B events just often fail to capitalize on that momentum at the end of the event. Yeah. So I know this is your area, really. And I know you're obviously a bit reluctant to kind of talk about it because this is about sort of giving value to the guests. But I really want to find out what your thoughts are. But for the people out there that are kind of running these events, there, what kind of tools, what kind of tech would you recommend then to help them with this whole thing in terms of attribution, 
generating revenue events as a whole then? How would you get them set up for success right on the tech side of things? Yeah. If you have a marketing ops person within your organization, you definitely want to have them involved in the conversation. Hmm. We've seen over the past eight to 12 months that the marketing ops folks have become a much bigger part of that conversation. We're really happy to see that. In terms of thinking about the technology solutions you want to be putting in place, Obviously, you're going to have your existing CRM, marketing automation, attribution software, and you're not going to be changing that out. But when it comes to determining the right event platform to use, these are the questions you need to be asking. Is there a native integration with those solutions? Does that native integration facilitate tracking throughout the entire journey for that attendee and all of the activity that they're taking place? Does it have engagement scoring functionality as well? And the other part of it is find a solution that is going to be able to facilitate your virtual experiences and your in-person experiences. Because the way that B2B organizations are thinking about their event programming going forward is it's not, hey, we're going to do a couple of these flagship in-person events per year, or we're going to host a series of webinars. It's a program. And we talked about before, it's a quarter of B2B marketing spend. So it's a massive component there. You want a platform, you want a technology solution that's going to be able to facilitate all of those different experiences for you so that you do have a singular source for tracking your data, for attributing all of that information and rolling it back so you can use it for doing things like re-engagement campaigns and understanding what your audience cares about so you can bring them back into the fold. Awesome. So finally then, you know, there are lots of people on listen to this who are looking for jobs, recruiting. You're obviously in this space, but if you were hiring for an event marketer then in the sort of B2B tech space, what sort of skills and attributes would you look for? Uh, incredible communicator being probably the first and foremost. They have to have actually quite a bit of sales capacity experience and interest because a lot of being a great B2B marketer means finding and sourcing great talent for speakers and being able to communicate the experience that you're putting forward to your sponsors and your exhibitors. And yeah, a lot of events don't have sponsors and exhibitors participating, but one of the other big gaps we see is that a lot of organizations are failing to bring their partners into their event experience. So if you're an organization that has a couple of deep integration partners, you wanna bring them into that event experience and give them an opportunity to participate as well. You're building goodwill with them, You're bringing somebody in who you know is going to be an advocate on your behalf, just like we talked about your customers being an advocate for you. So that B2B event marketer has to have that broad generalist skill set where they can be both a marketer and a salesperson to tell the story that you're putting together. Superb. Well, I've really enjoyed this conversation. You know, events, certainly for a lot of our clients, is a huge, huge play. You know, it's that intersection between creativity and technology, which is just fascinating. It's like that for a lot of B2B marketers right now. So it's been really interesting sort of listening to you and how you think about attribution and how you think about putting on these great events. If anybody's got any questions for you, John, what's the best way of them getting in touch with you? Yeah, so we talked about the chatbot a little bit. Our chat, median response time is less than 30 seconds. Come over to our website, cellevents.com, A-C-C-E-L events. Send us a message and you don't hear back from us in 30 seconds. Find me on LinkedIn. Tell me about it. It's John Kazarian on LinkedIn. 30 seconds, everybody. You heard it here. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks for your time, John. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. So that's it for another episode of the Market Mentors podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave a review as that helps the channel going forward. Until next time.